0: John Dotson just dominated camp, nothing but rave reviews, and it's been proven out. Especially when you think about how bad the commander's defense is. they got to play Philadelphia this week. Now that's obviously a tough secondary, but, I mean, God, I, Carson Wentz. I'm just imagining this. Like Carson Wentz against that defense. Like, like, Don't make me watch football this weekend. I'm just asking. Just don't make me watch football. That's all I want. Is it my job? That's what I've been told. I'm being told it's my job. Yeah, I told you you need to watch football. You what need to be here Sunday. What if I quit? Do I have to still be on the show? <laughs> yes, I, please. I'm going to quit now. I'm just quitting now. I'm, just, I'm, just, so I'm, quitting. I'm quitting now. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew
2: Berry, served by Applebee's.
0: Every time I try to quit, they suck me back in. You know, what are, you know what the two worst words are in the American language, Jay wow. Croucher? What
3: are they, Matthew Barry?
0: Contractual obligation.
3: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense.
0: What's up, everybody? I am the contractually obligated Matthew Barry. He is Jay Croucher. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. It is noon on Peacock, but it is 5 o'clock somewhere. And we are going to get into our Week 3 rankings today on the show, Jay. But a little bit of breaking news into uh, the Happy Hour HQ here so I, don't, cool. I, gonna, I don't know. Into the bar. bar. Into the bar. I don't know where we are. I mean, we're, we're, you know, into the bar. Anyway, so the news is, is about Mike Evans. He suspended the appeal. He got denied. Now he's out for week three officially.
3: Yeah, I think he's probably about 15 to one to get that overturned. So I think that was pretty clear cut. But uh, yeah, look, the market thinks this is going to be a very low score game. Do you hang
0: on. Wait, do, you, do you put odds on everything in your life? Absolutely like, you know, everything. Like when, when your wife says to you, when your wife says, hey, will you... Uh, hey, do you think you can uh, pick up the kids later? Are yeah. you like, ah, i put that at 8 to 1. I literally... Like, are you literally, like, is that this your entire life, like, every answer that somebody asks you? Like, hey, you know, if the wife is just like, hey, hey, Jay, well, maybe tonight we get a little romantic. You know, yeah, like, 50 to ah, 1. The three, I've had a, I've had a <laughs> few beers, 3 to 1. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you, like, away, like, just everything? Like, do literally, you just it out?
3: everything is through that lens. Yeah. Yesterday, before I flew up to Stanford, yeah. my 2-year-old yeah. was sitting on, like, the kitchen bench, and Sophia was like... I think you should get her down. And I'm like, Remy is like a 20-to-1 shot to actually fall off. She's pretty good at sitting on the kitchen bench by now. So just everything is through that lens.
0: I like that. 20-to-1 to keep your kids safe. I like that. Perfect. Absolutely. Listen, by the way, they're two. Yeah. You know, Their brain's are all mushy. It doesn't exactly. matter they fall. They're flexible. They're flexible. It's Bendy. It's all fine. All right. But let's talk now about Mike Evans not going to play against Green Bay. You were referencing this. I think this is insane. Like, so you know, on BetMGM official sports betting partner of the Happy Hour. We appreciate them. We need to get like a, we need to get like a kiosk or somewhere in here where you can actually place bets. Like, you know, like so. The or Lion. Lion?
3: Can we get Jamie Foxx in Collateral? A little shot of that. One we, of the most underrated films of the past get, twenty years. Maybe we could
0: actually get Jamie Fox. Jamie Foxx standing Just at the as bar? the bartender. Need a bartender. We We've been trying to. We want to cast a bartender. Maybe it's Jamie Fox. Like, is he doing shooting a movie right now? <laughs> yeah, he's available. Exactly. Um, Uh, Yeah, a lion and a peacock, like just and let them battle it out.
3: That's correct. right? You alien versus predator, but lion versus peacock. Lion
0: versus peacock, but they're together. I mean, because well, sure, but I'm, I'm but but we're in partnership, so it's not, it's not anima. So a peacock and a lion making sweet love. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, making sweet, sweet love. And the offspring, peacock lion love.
3: The offspring is the fantasy football happy hour with Matthew Barry. There we go. That's what we we got.
0: It It all comes full circle. (laughs) All right. Anyway, back to Ben MGM. Line is currently 41 and a half, one of the lowest oh. on the slate for Packers, Buccaneers, yeah. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers.
3: Top two n- in MVP.
0: No points scored. <laughs> like, that's what we're thinking here. <laughs> like, 41 and a half, and it makes sense because uh, no Mike Evans in this game for Tom Brady. Uh, we don't expect Chris Godwin to play. He's highly unlikely. hasn't officially been ruled out, but we're not expecting Chris Godwin to play in this game. We don't know about Julio Jones' status. Um Feels like 50-50 at this point. You know, he didn't yep. go last week. So Tom Brady's going to face a pretty good Packers defense with with Russell Gage, with Brashad Perryman, you know, Cameron Brait. Yep. What are we doing here, Jay?
3: I'm with you. I think that the Packers defense, like we keep on saying it's pretty good. Is it actually pretty good? Because they just got gashed by David Montgomery on the ground. They right. Minnesota, who did nothing against Philadelphia, did whatever they wanted against the Packers defense. We thought it was going to be really good entering the season. Jair Alexander back, Rashawn Gary, my sleeper, DPOY pick. But I mean, they need to show something because this Tampa offense isn't very good right now.
0: No, it isn't. But to your point, you—I mean, like you know—so Cook had a nice game. First off, yes, the Vikings had their way with him in Week One. Buccaneers don't have a Justin Jefferson on their roster. Certainly yeah. not. They won't on Sunday, even if Leo's active, right, you know, or even if Godwin in his first game. They don't have a guy like Justin Jefferson on the roster. So it feels like this is a big Leonard Fournette game. Yes. I, so, I mean, like, you know, when my love-hate list comes out uh, tomorrow, Fournette's going to be on it. I think you see a heavy dose of Uncle Lenny in this one. But if Tom Brady's your quarterback, I, I would not, you know, and I love TB12. This feels like if ever there was a week you're going to bench Tom Brady. This feels like a week that you might think about Benching doing Tom it. Tom
3: Brady, yeah. I agree with you. He's uh, the quarterback in our league, which uh, we don't talk about. Yeah, yeah thank for our you. League. We don't discuss that at yeah, all. But...
0: Except except yesterday when stupid Alexa like blew it up there like every 10 seconds. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right. Tom
3: Brady last year, he was 42 pass attempts per game, leading the league in passing yards, all of that. Came into the season as a top two favorite yep. to lead the league again. 27 pass attempts, 34 pass attempts the first two weeks. Now, he did that against the Dallas and New Orleans defenses, which might be two of the top five, six defenses in the league. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be expecting much from Tom Brady. This feels like his last year in New England, where he's had no one to throw to. And they still got got through that, but it's not ideal.
0: They signed Cole Beasley. It would be surprising to me if he was active in this game. Oh. I just think from a fantasy perspective, I think you might want to... again. See who's event, who else you might have on your team. Like, I'm not, I'm not going desperately to, you know, I'm not, I'm not throwing in whatever Justin Fields for Tom Brady, but certainly I would lower expectations for Tom Brady in this game. And, you know, if Russell Gage should have had a big game last week, and he didn't, it, I just – I don't know that I have confidence in any pass catcher of this Tampa Bay offense here. And, again, Bucks have a pretty good defense. And the Packers' offensive struggled. So we'll get more into this game as the week goes on. And, of course, on Sunday morning we'll break it down on fantasy football pregame. Jay, you and I will be there with Michael Smith to do that. But I just – I don't know. This is a low – this feels like a super low – like I get why Jim has it at 41.5. And, a half. and yep. you know, like – and it actually was – Like literally five minutes ago, it was at 42. It's already starting to trend down. Like it was low, and it's coming down. So, so um, so let's move on on there as well. Natural segue. My point is, is that because the Bucks' defense is pretty good, the Packers aren't going to be scoring a ton of points. So it's not like Brady's going to get into a shootout here with Rodgers either.
3: The two best skill position players by far on the Packers are both running backs. That is a godsend for unders. Now the natural pivot from Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers is Marlon Mack. Obviously. We're going to talk about now. So he's been to the active roster of San Francisco. What are you doing with that? I'm ignoring it. Okay, <laughs> me too.
0: I'm ignoring. It. I, I I got this question on Twitter a lot, so we're bringing it up literally just to dismiss it. Whatever. I get it. You've heard of Marlon Mack, right? He's had some moments of fantasy glory here and there over the years with the Colts, but he was uh, he was on the Colts. They didn't they didn't bring him back. Nope. Right. So then he goes to the Texans and. Mm-hmm. He was released by the Texans after training camp. Then he was placed on the Houston practice squad. He was released again by Houston on September 5th. So then the 49ers, who are now down to like their, you know, their third string running, you know, after. So Elijah Mitchell goes in the year as the starter. He's out for two, uh, for two months. Jeff Wilson Jr. has missed 12 games since 2020. Like, he is somebody that has struggled to stay on the field. Uh, Tyrion Davis-Price, their talented rookie, high ankle sprain. Don. He's now out for a handful of weeks. So it's just, to me, Marlon Back is a body. He is a guy that qualifies at the position at running back. But that's it. Like, it's fantasy football and it's the Niners, so anything's possible. But for me, this is not somebody that I am rushing to add to my Roster. If I'm rostering a non-Jeff Wilson Niners running back, give me Jordan Mason.
3: Yeah, and the thing is with Marlon Mack, that if he is taking time away from you, then you're probably not that good anyway, honestly, at this point. He couldn't make great...
0: the Texans. Yeah. The Colts got – the Colts who could use some depth. I mean, yeah. they, they literally just have Hines and Taylor. Like, like he's on his third team in six months, basically. I – no, All will respect to Marlon Mack, but, like, he is – I get it because you've heard of him. Like he had the thousand rushing yard season in 2019 with the Colts, so I get it. But it just when you can't make the Texans or the Colts, I just don't think you're going to have a fantasy impact on the Niners. So time now for a new segment. So yes. I don't know if you're aware, but we're in a bar. Yeah, we're in a bar. It's, a, it's actually a working bar. It's literally a working bar. We are begging for a beer sponsor at the moment. We just put our booze in these beautiful Applebee's uh, cups. But um, listen, well, we got BetMGM in, so we got the betting sponsor. Stop. We got the we got the the presenting sponsors, and then we need a we need a beer sponsor or a wine or a spirit. You're pushing the I'll do the wine shots. Sponsor. I'll do shots. Is there a tequila out there <laughs> that wants to be in here? Come on, baby. Um, you know, your logo here, your booze here, and in here. Anyway, uh, the fact um, for people listening at home, I just pointed at my mouth and my belly. <laughs> Uh, this is where the alcohol would go once it goes down my mouth, just for anatomy. Started here. hot. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so anyway, it's, it's a bar and we try to do bar thing. So we're introducing a brand new segment. Yes. Our producer, Steven D'Agostino came up with this concept entirely on his own. Nice job, Steven. <laughs> it is called, uh, close it out or keep it open. Yes. So that's what you do when you're at a bar, you know, you've got the tab, you got the tab, you know, and like you're talking to the bartender and it's just, like the bartender says like, you want to close this out or you want to keep it open? The answer, of course, is always keep it open. But here for fantasy, we're going to talk about some players, Jay, that have struggled, that you were drafting high, that you have drafted high, and so my question is: are you starting or sitting them this week? They would you know you the season thinking these guys were going to be starters for you. They are not. So are you going to keep it open? Yes. Continue to start them. Yes. Or are you going to close it out? Again, none of these are guys. We're saying drop, but are you starting or sitting them for this week? And number one on the list, DJ Moore. Yeah. who uh,
3: we're expecting now with a, a real quarterback, a professional yeah. quarterback in May- Baker Mayfield, was going to take a bit of a leap. Uh, he hasn't. He's longing for Sam Darnold. He's the first uh, football player in a long time to be longing for Sam Darnold. Is there is there, the is there
0: is there a bigger insult to an NFL player, <laughs> to an NFL quarterback, than like there's a longing for Sam Darnold? Sam. Sam. Like, where, where are you at, Sam Darnold?
3: <laughs> yeah, I think – look – I think you still you have to keep playing DJ Moore. You have to keep starting him. But I would be concerned that Baker Mayfield has looked this bad through two weeks. I know it's early. I know he signed with the team late. But at the same time, he's barely completing 50% of his passes. He's taking almost three seconds to throw the ball, which is fine if you're Jalen Hurts. It's not fine if you're Baker Mayfield. And it's not like a lot of players have put up bad stats at the quarterback position with bad luck in informing those stats. Not really for Baker. Only one dropped pass. Offensive line has been fine and is keeping him clean. He's just been bad. And DJ Moore is bearing the brunt of that.
0: There's no question about it, but I agree. I think you need I think you need to start him. Look, I'm at wide receiver 24, which is significantly yep. in my initial ranks, which is certainly lower than I had him coming into the preseason. So by my ranks, he's, you know, he's a uh, upper tier wide receiver three. But generally speaking, unless you have two really good, Really good wide receivers that you feel good about. It still starting him. Like he got the touchdown last week, which bailed you out. Like he's he's at least had somewhat of a floor. And you think about the first two games that the Carolina Panthers have played. They played against the Browns and the Giants, two low scoring offenses. So it got into a little bit of a slugfest. They play the Very Saints, ugly. and I think the Saints will do better offensively against a bad Panthers defense than either the Giants or the Browns. So I do think they're going to have to throw and open up this offense more. I know people are concerned about Lattimore, but the fact of the matter is DJ Moore moves all over the field. I don't think this is going to... He'll see some Lattimore, but this isn't going to be a true shadow situation. I think you'll see Lattimore on Robbie Anderson some as well because they'll put DJ Moore in the slot. They'll move him all over and get him uh, him open. Again, you think about this upcoming schedule, Saints, Cardinals, Niners, Rams. It's a tough schedule over the next four, but uh, I do think at least three of those four teams, right, Saints, Cardinals and Rams, should be able to score at will on Carolina. Yes. So they are going to have to throw and when they're throwing, I think they're gonna to throw to DJ Moore. I'm still in on DJ Moore.
3: Yep, I agree. You just have to you just have to grit and bear it.
0: He's had over twelve hundred scrimmage yards each of the last three years with the ghost of Cam Newton and Sam Darnold at like pl- quarterbacks that are as, you know. None of them are better than Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I'm Baker still Mayfield, a Baker fan. I yeah. still believe Baker will get there. He can't get now.
3: any worse as well. Right. And the thing is, too, is that when your team is a catastrophe, which is what the Carolina offense is right now, catastrophe triggers change. Something will change. They'll change their offense, how it works. They'll change the personnel. They'll figure it out, and they'll get better than they are right now, we presume. Now,
0: catastrophe, uh, c- catastrophe what did you say? Catastrophe, what changes? Triggers like, change. Tr- I triggers think I change. Said. Yeah. Catastrophe triggers change. Yeah. Except here, <laughs> except here, we're still doing the same show. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster uh, has been uh, last week was wide receiver sixty four. Uh, he's so far on the season he's wide receiver sixty four, averaging eight points per game. Had the nice game against the Cardinals in Week One, six for seventy nine, but just three for ten in that Thursday night game against the Chargers last week. Where are we on Juju Smith Schuster?
3: Yeah, I think after Week One, we both thought that you know he, he was going to be the guy. He's clearly a tier above as we look. Uh, about the we look at the stats last week where in terms of the target percentage Juju only at 8.8 Target percentage whereas Travis Kelsey and MVS both sitting just above 20% Look the thing the Chiefs the offense wasn't very good against the Chargers They only got the win, but they yeah. get the pick six. It just wasn't that good. I think it will be better There will be more yards floating around and the whole thing about Patrick Mahomes is that Patrick Mahomes is defense agnostic. It shouldn't matter what defense is on the field against him. He should be able to compile stats. Juju, not the best start across the first two weeks, but I think you have to write it out. I still think he's the receiver that you want.
0: I, not only do I think he's the receiver you want, I think he actually could have a bit of a breakout game here. Again, think about the Colts. Go, I mean, think about Christian Kirk last week. He had such a monster yeah. game out of the slot going against Indianapolis. Well, Juju plays a lot out of the Not They've had uh, out of the slot, I should say. Um, and... Uh, and they've had ten days to prepare for this game. The the Chiefs have. Again, the the stat we gave you weren't here. You were off boondoggling or whatever it is you do. But I was here with Connor Rogers, who shows up like he's <laughs> there when you need him. Uh, Jay, just a, something helpful hint, something to think about. And uh, but we talked about this with Connor, and the fact is, you know, after the game, I'm like, look, Tyree Kill, the great Tyree Kill, still had six different games last year where he had single-digit fantasy points. So if Tyreek Hill has that kind of inconsistency in this Chiefs offense, it's going to happen for guys that aren't as good as Tyreek Hill, including Juju Smith-Schuster. I think I'm as a mid-tier wide receiver three, but I think that when my love-hate comes out tomorrow, you will see Juju in the others receiving votes category as well. I think you can attack the slot against the Indianapolis Colts. Let's move on to Chicago now and Darnell movie. So, sorry, for the first two, for DJ Moore, I'm not playing along with a bit. For DJ Moore and Juju Smith-Schuster, we are both saying keep it open. Yes. Keep it open.
3: Darnell Mooney, though, I think there's a little bit more scope to close it out. What are you doing we with closing Darnell it Mooney? Out. You're done. We we're
0: closing it out on Darnell Mooney. He looks terrible. <laughs> Poor Darnell Mooney. I don't think it's his fault, but you know, this was a stat that, uh, that someone gave me, which is I believe that um, Cooper Cup has more targets yeah. than...
3: Dwayne McFarlane.
0: The, Dwayne McFarlane. Oh, yeah, Dwayne McFarlane. Oh, here you go. Here's the, here's the tweet on the screen here. So my, uh, my buddy Dwayne McFarland wrote this in the year 2022 of professional gridiron football, Cooper Cup has more targets 29 than Justin Fields has pass attempts at 28.
3: Can we get Cooper Cup to be the offensive coordinator of the Bears? Or even the quarterback. uh, Yeah, or the quarterback.
0: Just Anyway, so anyway, good tweet from at Dwayne McFarlane. He's a worthy follow follow there on the Twitter machine. They're just not throwing. The offense looks awful. They're playing Houston. Everyone's like, oh, well, that's a pushover. No, it isn't. No. The, the Texans played the Colts tough in week one. They played the Broncos tough in week two. And I think we're still figuring out, like, was that the Texans playing, you know, gritty? Or was that, you know, those two offenses that have really struggled? But somewhere in between, the fact is is that there's literally nothing that we've seen out of the Bears offense as a whole or specifically the Fields to Mooney connection that gives you confidence that that will change this week against the Houston Texans. One reception for eight yards in week one. Week two, one reception for negative four yards. Is that bad? It's not good. It's hashtag bad. Hashtag, hashtag, bad. hashtag analysis. I, they were down three
3: scores at half, and they had 11 pass attempts in the entire game. Someone who they, liked the Justin kept, Fields they, over.
0: They, they, yep. they, whether it is a lack of confidence in Justin Fields or there's been no other player that has emerged where you think like that it might open some stuff up for Mooney. Like if you're a defense coordinator facing the Bears, you're like. I'm just going to shut down Mooney and I'll, you know, whatever. Like, Cole Komet, the ghost of Cole Komet is out there. Boo, I'm here. You know, like, I, anyway. Uh, so, no, I think, I think close it out on Darnell Mooney. I'm not dropping him just yet, but I'm not starting him until I see something. We have at least seen fantasy success from him previously. So, you know, between him and Justin Fields. So, I'm, I'm willing to wait it out at least another week or two.
3: Yeah, there is more scope. Fields did throw the ball a lot at the end of last season. They can't just do what they did against the Packers week in week out. He will get more usage, but you have to see it first. Now, Josh Jacobs is our next guy playing at the Titans. Higher usage than expected for Jacobs, just not getting the touchdowns or the big runs. What are you
0: doing with Josh Jacobs? You know what's weird is because the the amount of touches he's getting, I'm actually going to keep it open. I'm not a just I'm not a Josh Jacobs guy, as you know, but uh, I certainly think you can run on the Titans. They're playing Tennessee. I mean, like we just saw what the Bills did to the Titans, just completely dominated them in all aspects of the game. Um, and, and so you can run on Tennessee. I think you can do pretty much whatever you want. you yeah, can Tennessee. do whatever you like. It'll be big Devontae Adams games. But Josh Jacobs, who played 60% of the offensive snaps in week one, 72% of the offensive snaps in week number two, you know, 19 rushes, right? He had almost 70 yards. So He's, he's, he's a little touchdown dependent. He's still not being involved in the passing game here. But he comes in for me as running back 20. So I'm keeping it open on Josh Jacobs. Again, you're hoping he falls into the end zone. But I think he's got – when you think about the number of touches he's getting and the percentage of offensive snaps that he's playing in a game in which the, the Raiders will be leading or competitive against the Titans, I don't think they get blown out, which is always the concern with Jacobs. He's kind of like a, a very poor man's Derrick Henry that he's sometimes game script dependent. Yep. He'll be competitive in this game. I think he gets 15 to 20 touches in this game. Good shot at a touchdown. Borderline top 20 play for me against Tennessee.
3: I feel better about Josh Jacobs now than I did before the season, to be honest, because Uh, He's just getting the touches, and touches and usage are more predictive of production going forward than just happening to break one run or happening to fall into the end zone. The touchdowns will come if he keeps on getting this amount of usage. Now, a guy who's not getting the usage that we thought that he might is Rashad Penny, who has a better matchup this week against the Falcons than against the Niners, both that team and that rush defense, but he's just not getting the carries at the moment. And now Kenneth Walker is back, and... My thing with Rashad Penny is that week one should have been the big Rashad Penny game where they were leading the entire game against the Broncos and he only he played, got twelve
0: he only got twelve carries. Yeah, he he played seventy percent of the offensive snaps, but yes, to your point, he only got he only got twelve carries. I mean he got fourteen total touches. He he did get he did catch two balls there, but I know I know they like Kenneth Walker quite a bit. I'm I'm not really upset about him not playing a bunch I mean, you know, again it was kind of a ugly game against the uh, against the Niners last week for Seattle. Low scoring game. San Francisco's got a really good run defense. So the fact that Penny didn't do much against them, okay, but like feels like it's not just Kenneth Walker, but you also see some Travis Homer in there as well. It's a little bit of a, you know, three headed uh, committee in Seattle here. So if there is a get right game for Rashad Penny, it is Atlanta. So but i am I am at running back forty one. If we get more clarity on how we think these carries get divided up over the course of the week, if we hear something from Seattle, but the fact of the matter is, is that um, you don't feel confident about this offense. I mean, they—I don't believe—I don't believe they've scored an offensive touchdown in six quarters. That's bad. That is, look at you—you're out of the uh, out of wine country <laughs> and right into analysis. Like the Falcons should be a get-right game, and I think it, I think the Seahawks will run effectively against the Falcons. I think it's hard to know whether it's going to be Penny or or uh, Walker or Homer, or some sort of combination therein. So, for me on Rashad Penny, again, I'm as a running back four with upside. You're hoping for a touchdown, but I think for now, I'm probably keeping it closed. Not dropping him, but I'm keeping it closed until we get a better sense of what's going on in Seattle. I do know that the Seahawks love Capital L, love themselves from Kenny Walker. Uh, let's talk now about Travis Etienne in Jacksonville. We thought week one, hey, that looked great, right? Yep. forty-seven. he caught the two balls for 18 yards. Should have had two different touchdowns. Like, he he basically dropped a walk-in touchdown, and then he was wide open for one, and Lawrence just missed him. But in a game in which they dominated the Indianapolis Colts in week two, he had just 12 touches in, in that one. 53 total yards here, played just 36% of the offensive snaps in week two after playing over 50% of them in week number one. They're at the Chargers. Now, this is a game we expect them to be down in passing. So my question is, where are you on Travis Etienne, Jay? Because in theory, game script against the Chargers, I would assume the Chargers are favored in this one. So, Seven-point
3: favorites. On so ben they're
0: favorite, um, their touchdown favorite here. I, game script would seem to dictate that they'll want to be passing a lot against the Chargers to catch up, and so Etienne will be on the field a lot more but we haven't seen it.
3: No. And 23 carries for James Robinson. I would have made that a significant underdog that he was ever going to get 23 carries in any game this season. 37
0: to 18. That is the differential in touches between James Robinson and Travis Etienne. 37 touches to merely 18 for Travis Etienne. Through two games this season, Jay Rob also has the three scores.
3: Yeah, I do think if Travis Etienne to your point, if he just gets those two touchdowns in week one, one just one, everything looks a little bit rosier. He does look healthy. He looks fine out there, which is probably the most important thing, but you know, on the Jags as being effectively the running back two on a Jags team that is still, you know, even in the worst division in football, they're still, you know, in the plus three hundred range to win it. They're not an elite team by any means, so I do think he has scope to grow into the role later in the season. I think being a dog to the Chargers might even help him a bit because they're going sure. to get him more involved in the pass game. But certainly, James Robinson's the guy in Jacksonville right now.
0: We talked about this in the preseason, by the way. It, we talked about that. We thought the ETN-Robinson split in ADP was just insane. Yeah. Because, it's like, guys, this could be a split. Peterson likes to use multiple running backs. So, I don't know what to tell you here. The other problem is, is while they are touchdown underdogs to the Chargers, both have a good defense. That's the other problem. Both have a good defense. Very good. So, again, Travis ETN comes in at running back 36 for me. So, I think I am keeping it closed on Travis ETN this week. I still like James Robinson. Let's see if he can get going. But again, he's a he's a low ETN is a low end flex play for me in standard leagues. Last one now, a quarterback.
3: Yes, Joe Burrow has yeah. it started off the way that everyone would have wanted for Joe Burrow, or more importantly, really for his team. Now 0-2 uh, after two uh, gut wrenching losses. What are you doing with Joe Burrow this week?
0: I- I'm keeping it open. I'm still starting him. It has not been pretty. He's been sacked a ton. Obviously, he's been under pressure. The the five turnovers against the Steelers in Week One. You know, uh, a brutal loss in week two to Dallas with under 200 yards passing. What's been nice, though, is, is that, you know, he's, he's got like almost 70 yards rushing on the season. And some of that yeah. is because his protection is breaking down. He's having to take off. But that's not something we expected. We saw it some in his rookie year. We really didn't see it last year. So the fact that the rushing has returned a little bit, four for 26 last week, six for 47 in week one on just the rushing alone. Now he's playing the Jets. And the Jets are a great story, and it's fun. And what a great comeback they did against the Browns last week. But still, it's a secondary you can exploit. And I am just banking on the... I thought Joe Burrow's ADP was insane as a top-five fantasy quarterback. And through two weeks, I've been proven right on that one. But yet, even despite the fact that the Bengals have played bad, they're 0-2, he's been bad, he's still so far a top-12 fantasy quarterback on a points-per-game basis. Now, some of that is because some guys have just been brutal, like the Bradys and the Rodgers of the world. But still... Like, even with all the mistakes, he's managed to get it done. I'm a QB 10 this week uh, against the Jets. Remember, he played the Jets last week. He had uh, last awesome. year, I should say, he had over 20 fantasy points against the Jets last year. I'm just, this is one where it's like, it's, you know, T. Higgins is healthy. They've got Jamar Chase, Boyd, Mixon. It's, they're too good. And by the way, the Jets are too competent that Joe Burrow is going to have to throw in this one. Give me – I'm keeping it open on Joe Burrow as a top-12 play this week.
3: Yeah, and to your point, the Jets, by DVOA, they have the worst pass defense in the league. By PFF, they're 29th for pass coverage grade, so they're not a good passing defense. But the offense for the Jets has been surprisingly – very competent yeah. and very solid. So, like
0: Jacoby Brissett had a good game against the Jets last week. Jacoby exactly. Brissett put up numbers. Exactly. Amari Cooper put up numbers against the Jets. Yep. So, like, if, Jacoby, if the Jacoby Brissett-Amari Cooper connection can get it done against the Jets, I have to believe the Burrow to Chase and Higgins can also get it done. When we return, Jay Croucher.
3: Yes, Matthew Barry.
0: I'm going to drink more. I And we'll talk about football or Something. Something.
2: Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. A
4: lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it, between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time.
0: every Sunday night with a $100,000 jackpot. It is the NBC Sports Predictor app giving you a shot at winning $100,000. You heard me, $100,000 by entering Sunday Night 7's free. You heard me, free contest between the Niners and the Broncos. So if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. Thank me later. By the way, if you want to compete against me and Jay, use the code ROTO2022 to join our league. All right, so the sports predictor app, obviously the Sunday night seven. Those are the, that's the, the game this week, is uh, Broncos Niners. Yeah, right here on NBC and Peacock. I'm a company man, and so let's start here. One of the props is about Russell Wilson, who has been bad. Yeah, not has great. Been, has not been has Broncos not been the country. kind of quarterback that you if you just look at the on field performance. You after the first two games, you're not like, you know who should get a quarter of a billion dollars? That guy. <laughs> yeah.
3: Nine is a favorite now on BetMGM, wow. minus one and a half. That's flipped. Yesterday, the Broncos were minus one and a half. So not a lot of confidence in the Broncos. But what are you doing with Ross passing yards?
0: In terms of passing yards, I'm going, I'm going 280 plus. So there's a yeah. you know, wider range. I mean, remember, Russell Wilson in week one had 340 passing yards. Now last week against the Texans, he only had 219 passing yards. San Francisco comes in, I think you'll look at the stats and say, like, wow, their defense is really good. But is it? Like, we think it is, but we just don't know. Week one, they played in a monsoon against the Bears, who couldn't get anything going. And week two, they played Geno Smith. They haven't played a real quarterback yet. Now, I get it. Russell hasn't looked like a real quarterback yet either, But uh, because they've gone to the red zone. Javante fumbles once, Melvin Gordon fumbles once, and they got three McManus field goals. Like, that's the entirety of their red zone opportunity so far this year in Denver. I have to believe that, um, that San Francisco will move the ball. Again, I we are not rooting for anyone's injury, but I'm a believer that the Trey Lance injury – and Garoppolo starting is a good thing ultimately for the 49ers offense. Not necessarily Garoppolo is going to be a fantasy option, but just he brings a stability to that offense that allows Debo and Ayuk and Kittle, if he plays, and the running backs to do what they do.
3: Yep, I agree with that. I think that, in a weird way, I think Lance. He just with him down, the range of outcomes for the Niners are just a little bit more condensed. I think now. I think that the the Niners are probably more likely to get to 10 wins than they were and they might even be less likely to win the Super Bowl just because Lance had more of the upside my pick in this
0: uh, so Garoppolo the other side of the ball so you you make picks I'm taking the over on 280 passing yards I think Sunday night Russ has a big game and I do think the Niners move the ball against Seattle so he's going to have to throw and I think it'll be easier for them to throw against the Niners than it will be for them to run now, let's go for the other side of the ball, Jimmy Garoppolo, passing yards. Where are you on Jimmy G?
3: Yep, so I'm going under 200 passing yards for Jimmy G, just because I think it's the biggest range of outcomes is beneath that. He went under seven times last season, and there are a lot of game scripts where Jimmy G, particularly if they're winning and winning early, Kyle Shanahan loves to run the ball with a lead. So right. that would be my pick.
0: Yeah, and especially, by the way, if there's a turnover, you know, and, and that kind of stuff, and because and, we do, we do think that, you know, the, the Broncos' defense is obviously struggling there. There's also a, a question about um, – so let's – you know, I'm going to cheat a little bit because last segment we did the, you know, keep it open, uh, you know, or close it out segment. Yeah. I'd like to do that right now for uh, Russell Wilson as well. Where are you on Russell Wilson? Are you star- – he's, he's been bad. He ain't been the guy you drafted and beat through the first two weeks. And now he's on the road. I believe the game's in San Francisco, Correct. Is it? No,
3: they're, they're at home. No, it's in Denver, it's, I
0: apologize. So, okay, so he's at home in primetime, which is helpful, but still, he's playing the Niners in primetime. Where are you on Russell Wilson? Are you starting him against the 49ers?
3: I am. I would be patient on Russell Wilson. He's still got the seventh highest average depth of target in the league. He's still throwing it deep. I mean, this is game, he played over, what, a decade in Seattle? Now he's on a new team, new coach, new system, new receivers. It's two games. How much differently are we thinking about... The Broncos and Russ, if uh, Javonte Williams doesn't fumble at the one in week one, if Melvin Gordon doesn't fumble at the one, and they just beat Seattle and then they're 2-0, and o, and then I think everyone is kind of off Russ's back. Also, I wouldn't just completely give up on Nathaniel Hackett yet. It's been two weeks. Right. Let's just cool it on the Broncos. Maybe they're not any good, but let's see what they do against San Francisco first.
0: I would agree with that as well. I, I'm, I'm starting Russell Wilson if I have him this week. I'm not feeling good about it. No. But again because by the way there's not a lot on the waiver wire that's no. it's, the it's the, that's always saying like okay you're not going to start Russell Wilson well then who are you starting exactly like I mean because like Carson Wentz is out there but I'm nervous about him against the Eagles against both his former team nervous. and a very good defense yep. yeah I mean I'm you know I'm wearing this on I'm wearing this today because I, I don't believe I'm going to be able to wear it on Monday <laughs> yeah. you understand what I'm talking about all right
3: could get <laughs> ugly okay we're okay, going to jump right. into some matchup previews yeah let's now. do that and we're going to start off with Pittsburgh at Cleveland, blockbuster on Thursday. And first, we're going to throw to some sound of Mike Tomlin expressing patience on Mitchell Trubisky.
0: Okay, that's that'd be the only thing you have to
3: Offensively, does Mitch need to be more aggressive looking
0: downfield? I think he could and we could. To that point, Mike,
4: how much freedom does he have if the play comes in and he sees one-on-one
0: outside? Does he
4: have to scrap the play and take a shot?
0: they are probably one-on-one opportunities on the outside of every play concept that we put in. So it, it would probably require no changes that you described. Um, we got long ball shots drawn up in a lot of things. And sometimes it's just whether or not we get the appropriate look or we like the match up within the look. Okay. There you go. The <laughs> Pittsburgh
3: offense is extremely blah at the moment. Is Mitchell Trubisky holding it
0: back? I mean... Not any more than Ben did last year, right? And, and Najee Harris had a big fantasy game. De- uh, Najee Harris, like I don't think he's holding it back any more than Ben Roethlisberger did last year. And again, last year, Najee Harris was a very viable fantasy running back. Deontay Johnson was a very viable fantasy wide receiver. Pat Fryermuth had a you know a usable year at tight end. There we had moments of Chase Claypool last season as well and moments from Juju last year for the Steelers. So to the extent we care about the Steelers' offense, I think he's fine. Short week playing at Cleveland. I don't love Thursday games. I don't love games on the road. I certainly don't love games on the road against a divisional rival that has a good defense. But the Browns' defense is banged up. We we may not see Miles Garrett in this one, right? Devin Clowney out. Clowney's out, exactly. So um, you're still starting uh, Najee Harris. I am more as a running back two than a running back one. Again, still a tough defense, even with a little bit of the, uh, the Browns banged up. But, you know, listen, he had 20 touches in week number two. Now, he's averaging on three yards to carry, so he needs that volume because he's not particularly efficient. But I think on the road at Cleveland, with the struggles of Trubisky, I think he continues to get massive volume there. I think you have to keep rolling Najee Harris out. Again, his on RB2. I think you're still starting Deontay Johnson. Right? And, I mean, Deontay Johnson has 22 targets through the first two games. Right? He's been targeted on 30% of his total routes through two games. Now, he has under 60 receiving yards in both games. Like, it hasn't been all, all roses so far. You know, I mean, he's a guy that's, you know, basically been a borderline top 30 wide receiver through the first two weeks. But I think the volume of targets, um, uh, I think you still have to continue to start Deontay Johnson. And Pat Fryermuth. Pat Friermuth has been, you know, a real nice revelation, targeted at least seven times each of the first two games here. I'm as tight in seven uh, this week. Uh, So I think Friermuth, Deontay Johnson, and Najee Harris, guys that you would normally start, are startables. To me, the only – and you're not starting Trubisky. So the question really is what are you doing with Chase Claypool?
3: Yeah. That's all it is. I assume we're just completely out on George Pickens at this point. At this point. (laughs) Until he starts showing something.
0: Yeah. He's, he's running a lot of routes. He's playing a lot of snaps, which is great, but it hasn't it hasn't translated to production NFL-wise or fantasy-wise. I have Claypool at wide receiver 30, uh, 51, I should say, under 30 receiving yards in both games, under six air yards per target. They didn't use him in the running game in week two the way they did in week one. Tough matchup on the road. Claypool's likely on my bench. But the Steelers that we care about – I think you still have to start this week. Maybe lower expectations, but you're still starting them.
3: Yep, Cleveland are four and a half point favorites at home. The total is 38 and a half. Weather might be involved there, but look, with that mean that line in total means that the Steelers are projected for 17 points, which isn't much. So yeah. Deontay Johnson, who who might be one of the 10 to 15 most talented wide receivers in the game, he is certainly the guy with the upside. All right, Ravens minus three at Patriots. The over-under is 43 and a half. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, feel like we're going to be talking about these guys a lot. Who are you more in on for this week?
0: I think it's Damian Harris. Clearly has more touchdown equity. He's actually outcarried Stevenson 15 to 8 despite despite playing 15 less snaps. Harris has actually outtouched Ramondre or outcarried him 15 to 8, right? Um he's also out-targeted Ramondre Stevenson. That's a shocking to me. It's, he's gotten five targets through two games. Stevenson's just gotten four. They've been splitting the third down work. So the pro-Stevenson argument is is like, well, he's going to be much more involved in the passing game and play a lot more snaps. But that just hasn't been the case through two games here. So if they're basically splitting the snaps and Harris is on the right side of the platoon in terms of not only carries but also targets, and he clearly has more touchdown equity, I have Harris at 24, I have Stevenson at 39. So I have Harris as a, you know, high-end flex play, and Stevenson is just a, you know what the heck, hope for a score, running back four, at least in this week against the Ravens.
3: Yeah, I think, look, the way that you beat this Ravens defense, which has been borne out over the past year and two games, is that they really struggled deep. Their secondary, which was supposed to be much improved, obviously looked disastrous against Rural. the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, exact same stuff that Jamar Chase and the Bengals did to them last season. Even now with Marlon Humphrey back, with Marcus Peters back, with Marcus yeah. Williams in there, he's got to yeah, couple. kicks. I, mean,
0: I, I don't think they're 100%, but yeah, they're yeah. out there. They're playing at least some of the snaps, right? Yeah,
3: but I don't think there's anyone on the Patriots who is uh, Tyreek Hill or Jalen No, Nelson Aguilar is fast, but he will get deep and then drop the 60-yard touchdown look pass. Look at
0: you. You're like the guy that saved the baby. Just, <laughs> poor Nelson Aguilar. Sorry, He's just trying Nelson to do his own thing. Yeah. He's just trying to do his own thing. Had He's a like nice you. moment. Had a nice moment against the Steelers. He did. Now... Have you ever caught a baby out of a building? Have you ever saved a baby from a burning building? I've not. What's not the most heroic thing you think you've ever done?
3: Uh, well, nothing springs to mind, which uh, would be the answer there. So, uh, yeah, certainly very uh, little hero equity in my life. What about fair. you? What's the most uh, heroic thing you've done?
0: I mean, look... I, you never like to brag about these sort of things, but I oh, went no, on right. national TV and declared Jalen Hurts as my ride or die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good. you know, and, and, Set you and, up for and, that and basically, you know, basically saved a lot of fantasy manager seasons. <laughs> that's basically what I mean. Every single day I come out here, I put myself on the line. Oh, no. I use, you know, mindful. I just, I, I, I give it all mindful. up for the crowd, right? You know, I just, I leave it all on, on the Excel spreadsheet, <laughs> doing it for the boys out there, not all heroes wear capes. The most <laughs> heroic thing I've done is get up every single day and live my life like a true American. That's what I've done right here on the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Do you understand Like, do you understand the sacrifice it takes <laughs> to put on makeup and wear a T-shirt in a fake bar talking about make-believe football? Do you understand the sacrifice that takes? You're welcome, America. You're welcome.
3: That was great. We should clip that. Yeah, that was God passionate. Was. Yeah. All right. That pack, was the most heroic pack is thing I've box. <laughs> The, uh, the total in Packers at boxes we were talking about, is 41 and a half. Yeah. Sorry, it's tough to come down from that speech. I
0: understand. Uh, and the Thanks Bucks, to our friends at BetMGM. Yes. We can't mention BetMGM enough. No. Just to you know. We love They're Bet Bet paying MGM. us money. We love BetMGM. We love BetMGM's money. We love BetMGM's money and we love BetMGM.
3: Odds provided by BetMGM. There we the go. Bucks.
0: It says it right there on the graphic. Packers at Buccaneers minus one. Bucks, <sighs> Bucks favorite at home in this one. But again, now the over/under is 41. It, it, literally at the start of the show, it was 42. We checked at it. We checked it literally two minutes before we went on air. It was 42. Then when we were talking about it, like five minutes later, it went down to 41 and a half, and we're already now down to 41. I think if we find out that Julio not playing in this game, I think it'll come down even further on this one. Yeah, this is this one looks brutal. I have Aaron Rodgers at QB 15, which is the lowest I think I can ever remember ranking him.
3: Yeah, and the thing with the Bucs is everyone talks about the Bucs rushing defense, how it's so elite that the Frank Reich and the Colts, they gave up running Jonathan Taylor in the matchup last year because it's so good. Bucks right now have the best pass defense in the league. This is yeah. the best defense in football right now against the Packers passing game that has shown not much at all so far. And like we talked about earlier, two best skill position players on the Packers are running backs, which do deflates the total. From a line perspective, the thing that's interesting to me is that be a little bit worried if I was a Green Bay fan that they're not even favored in this game despite the fact that no Mike Evans no Chris Godwin Donovan Smith question marks there if all those guys were playing this line would be three three and a half so the Packers if they want to be you know in the mix for the one seed in the NFC this is a game they really need to win
0: Aaron Rodgers had a nice game on Sunday night right against the Bears they, they dominated Chicago 234 yards two touchdowns he was QB 16 in week two like Aaron Rodgers good week this year was QB 16. He was QB 32 in week number one. Again, I'm at QB 15. Meanwhile, Tom Brady, and this is like a leap and a prayer, and he'll probably come down again. I'm hoping that Julio plays, but right now I'm at QB 13, and that's low for me. Uh, He's got two touchdown passes through two weeks. QB 27 in week one, QB 25 last week. It's literally just to your point. He's at home against you know, uh, against the Packers, and so we're expecting and hoping for good things here. But there's nothing in the numbers that we've seen so far, and candidly, nothing that we've seen from his playing that gives you confidence. Through two weeks of last year, he had nine touchdown passes. He's got two so far. And to your point, offensive line is beat up, and he's without the majority of his offensive weapons. This feels like a big Leonard Fournette game, AJ Dillon game, Aaron Jones game. Even at 41, at the moment, I'm probably taking the under.
3: Yep. Interesting on Brady. I actually think I would be trying to trade for Tom Brady in my league right now just because, one, uh, he's going to get better as Mike Evans comes back, as Chris Godwin gets reintegrated. Donovan Smith gets healthier. There's upside there. And then also, they played the Dallas and New Orleans defenses, which are two of the top five, six defenses in the league. Like we mentioned, I think there's a lot of scope for Brady to get better. I think he hasn't looked as good as he did last year. He still looked fine. That bomb to Brashad Perryman for the touchdown, that was peak Tom Brady. Like, he's still Tom Brady. Maybe he's not second in MVP, but uh, I would be buying low on Tom Brady.
0: Meanwhile, though, again, like... Other than Hulu, like right now, I have Russell Gage at wide receiver, forty-four. If yep. if we know if we know Julio's not playing, he probably moves up into the thirties. But you know, and Lazar's in the forties, right? I mean, like it just if you're starting the running backs in this game, and I think that's the, the only thing you have confidence in is I think the running backs and the defenses in this game. Yep. Like you're starting the Bucks defense if you have it uh, there. Let's move over to like what probably at the beginning of the year didn't seem like the hottest game, but the best now game in the week, week three, the best game of the week. Dolphins, Bills, Buffalo traveling to Miami to play the red-hot Tua Tungavailoa. Did yeah. you see that there's a video? Somebody put this out. I don't know who did it, but somebody, it was actually hilarious. Somebody basically took all the footage of Tua... And reversed it to make him look like he's a right-handed yes. quarterback. Completely different. Yes, <laughs> and it's amazing. like he <laughs> yeah. looks like all of a sudden he's got a cannon of an arm <laughs> yeah. when it's flipped. So find the video; on, it's it's making the rounds on social media. It's really funny. Whoever did that, um, it's really cool. But are we in on Tua? Like he was the second best quarterback in fantasy last week, which is crazy to think about, right? That he was. Well, he's, for he's,
3: sixty-nine th- yards and six touchdowns. Right, will but do that.
0: and he was, but his only quarterback too. I know. That's I mean that's the that's the crazy part. Obviously, the most. Uh, Fantasy points in his career. Playing the Bills, though. I mean, Bills tied for the first in the NFL in terms of takeaways through the first two games. That that Bills defense is legit.
3: Yeah, the Bills are the best team in football. I think they're tier one by themselves right now. That's why they are six point favorites in Miami, despite how good Miami have looked. The total right now, it's ticking down a little bit, but it's still 52.5. I'm, I'm in on tour. I'm completely in on tour. I don't think he's a top five quarterback in the league no. or anything. But I do think that he is good enough where if the context is favorable to him, then he can absolutely thrive. And right now his context is elite. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, the best wide receiver one-two punch in the league. Super I know, fast. A bet that I like our friends at BetMGM. They're not up with this right now. They'll come back up. I like Tua to lead the league in passing yards. That'll come back 15 to 1, 20 to 1 type of range. I just think that they're gonna be throwing a lot. McDaniel is very progressive. The Patriots game they were leading the entire game and Tua still had 33 pass attempts versus just 23 rushing attempts for the team. So I like Tua. Tua throwing righty. Wow.
0: This is at uh, Fin Sports F. We're, we're showing the is video. That Tom we got Brady the video. Yeah, so this is the reverse, this is the uh, the reverse video that's been that was done where they're showing the Tua video uh, of where he is. It appears as if he's throwing right-handed because the, the, all the film has been has been flipped here. As you see it there on your screen, it's hilarious there. Right-handed wow. Tua has just got a cannon for an arm. Quick release. Right. <laughs> At Thin Sports F, if you want to find it on the Twitter machine there. Tua comes in just outside my top ten uh, for this game against Buffalo. Remember, Bills defense is... Legit, and could they? I think they'll play back, and they'll say like, we're not going to get beat deep the way the Ravens have. But to your point, they have so much speed uh, between Waddle and Hill, and the running backs, Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert are really fast. There was a changing of the guard at running back for the Dolphins. I want to talk about these guys because you're obviously you're starting you're starting the two wide receivers. I think Tua is a borderline QB one in this one, and what should be a high-scoring game. So I think he's a borderline QB one in this one, but. Mostert had just 16 early down snaps in week one. That went that jumped to 29 in week two. He had the only two goal line snaps, whereas Chase Edmonds went from 24 to 17 week one to two in terms of the early down snaps. He's still primarily the third down back, and it's weird, though. In a game in which they were throwing, they were down big, the Dolphins were, Chase Edmonds wasn't involved in that fourth quarter explosion. It was just all hill and waddle. Where are you thinking in terms of these two running backs, uh, Mostert and Edmonds? I will just tell you. I have both guys as running back threes, but I have Mostert over Edmonds because of the touchdown equity. Any thoughts there for I would you? have
3: Mostert as well, just because it, the, the snaps are shifting in his direction. Also think just in terms of talent, he has the higher upside as well. Whenever he's been healthy, I mean, at San, in San Francisco, his yards per carry was just insane every year that he was healthy. So I think that Mostert is the more compelling guy of that duo.
0: But I'm not ready to, again, going back to our, you know, close it, close it, close it out or keep mm. it open. I'm keeping it open on Chase Edmonds. Yeah. Again, he got paid. He got paid. He is fast. He fits what they want to do on offense. Like, he's just another weapon out of the backfield. Just, you know, listen, if you're Tua and you're like, well, Tyreek Hill is wide open 40 yards down the field. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm going to throw it there. But I don't think that's always going to be the case every single week. But certainly that is the game of the week. Uh, Bills at Miami. Followed just slightly after... <laughs> Eagles, Commanders.
3: Yes. The 1-1 so.
0: Commanders against the 2-0 Eagles. Carson Wentz, the return to one of the teams that gave up on him. <laughs>
3: yeah, just one of the teams. Just
0: one of the, I mean, there's multiple teams that gave up. <laughs> yeah. But – where are we at in this game?
3: Well, the line is, so it's your best friend Jalen Hurts against yes. your team, the Commanders. This is,
0: I, I don't want to watch football.
3: Yeah, I, My, I said this, we saw that at the top of the show. Well, I have a play that will allow you to get into the game. All but, right, what do you got? Well, so the line is Eagles minus six and a half in Washington, which just shows how yeah, much yeah, the yeah. Eagles are valued at this point. And the total is 47 and a half. And if you want to get involved in the game, I would say to bet the over. Because I think that, one, this Eagles offense is explosive, yeah, they're, they're passing great. more, and also I think that... And
0: Washington can't stop anyone. Yes. I mean, Washington got de- destroyed by Detroit, and and Jacksonville moved the ball against them easily as well. Again, a couple of dropped touchdowns, that Jacksonville total could have been a lot higher than it was.
3: Looked like that... Uh, Jared Goff looked like Super Bowl year Jared Goff, like that Minnesota game oh, where he had 1,000 yards. So, I do think that... For Washington, for their sins, Carson Wentz has shown that he can put up numbers in this offense. I still think it's a good offense. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a totally fine enough offense. I think the Eagles, like you said, will be able to score at will. And 47.5, and this means that this is a below average scoring game by the total, because the average total is 48. I think this is an above average scoring game. I would I expect more points than average. So that would be my look in this game. The what- question
0: just becomes, is does, does, does Wentz just you know implode? You know, I mean, for, well, they I mean, kind of did, and they I mean, still scored twenty-seven against th- the Lions. Yeah, I mean, fair. I, I mean, I, I put that loss on the defense, but I would say, look, the Eagles, the Eagles' defense, top to bottom, absolutely legit, right? And that I, that secondary is great. And then you get into the whole the, the mind games of Wentz against his former team, and just sort of the like. There's no scenario that would shock me. Wentz could completely <laughs> implode. Yeah. Wentz could have one of those like like what Burrow did in Week One, like five turnovers against the Eagles. Like anything's possible here. I mean, the Eagles do have four takeaways in the first two games. Wentz has thrown three interceptions against the Jags and the, and the Lions. Yep. He's thrown three picks against the Jags and the Lions, and now here come the Eagles, who are actually good at defense. Like It could be scary for me. I have Wentz as a mid-tier quarterback, too, right now. I'm a QB 14 because I think you're right. I think it won't be pretty. I think the Eagles win this game handily, but I do think Wentz will put up some junk time numbers here. Um, it is, to your point, a good offense. Scott Turner's done a great, a great job with him. Uh, McLaurin, Samuel, both a top thirty wide receivers for me. We expect Darius Slay on Terry McLaurin. Jahan Dotson uh, should be uh, is a deep sleeper in this one. As well. All right, I'm being told we're going to break. Let's go to Brian. 1. Brian <laughs> Rubin's velvety voice in my ear.
2: Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.
4: A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time.
3: Okay, we are back. Before we jump into some more rankings though, here's where you get Matthew Berry's content, the man to my left, Peacock and YouTube.com slash NFL on NBC, all major podcast platforms, Sirius XM, Channel 85, NBC Sports Audio, At TMR on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'm
0: have subscribed. i on your TikTok. I'm just not watching the videos. I understand. I'm also at MatthewBerry on the Fantasy Life app. And, of course, you can get my love, hate, and rankings at NBCSportsEdge.com or RotorWorld.com. We're going to do some uh, rankings. My rankings are up right now on RotorWorld.com. Very quickly, Fantasy Life app giving me two quick alerts. Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, both back at practice for the Colts today. Good. Great news for the Colts and for Pittman. Miles Garrett... Uh, also expected to play against the Steelers, so that is a good news for the uh, against the Steelers. So good news for the Browns defense. Clowney has officially been ruled out.
3: Bad news for Mitchell Trubisky. All yes. right, Michael Carter, Brees Hall, one that we we talk about a lot, and I think got more compelling after the
0: weekend. Uh, is Brees Hall going to take over this backfield sooner than later? Yeah, probably at some point, but I still think it's in a void. I still think they yeah. listen when you've got a cannon of an arm like Joe Flacco does. You're not <laughs> handing it off.
3: Best quarterback in the you, league. That
0: Numbers are numbers, baby. Look, uh, Brees Hall still got 29% of the snap share in week number two. Um, like, there, you know, signs of, you know, despite the fact that he was more productive, seven rushes for 50 yards versus seven for 23 for Michael Carter. Carter was still more involved in the passing game. I think the Jets are going to be trailing more often than not. Brees Hall is a three-down back, but they like both guys here. At the moment, if I'm, rank, if, I'm, if I'm playing one over the other, I'm picking Carter over Brees Hall. But I do think it's – and ideally, it's a situation to avoid, especially against a pretty good Bengals defense.
3: Yep, I agree. I think it is a matter of time before Brees Hall takes over, but not necessarily that it happens in the next four weeks. It could be eight weeks from now. We just don't know. Okay.
0: It's, it's not happening this week in, in in any way to make you change uh, you know, what you would do in terms of your starting information. Let's move on to the Rams now. There was a signs of life from Cam Akers. He was disappeared in, in week number one, but week number two, he played 44% of the snaps after just 18 in week one. Daryl Henderson, meanwhile, comes down. 82% of the snaps in week one, just 56 in week number two. More of a committee. They're playing the Cardinals who can't seem to stop anyone. Where are we at in the Rams' backfield?
3: Yeah, I mean, Aker's got more touches, but is this guy ever going to average more than three yards per carry? It It feels like it's been a long time. I still think Henderson is the guy you want.
0: I would agree. He comes in at running back 28 for me. Cam Aker's at running back 34. Again, both like they're both guys right there if i have to pick one give me uh henderson over acres but the fact that i only have them six spots apart tells you this is a true true committee that's why in the preseason we kept saying henderson's much better value than acres because this is going to be committee and that's what it is against the uh arizona cardinals both guys are merely flexes that you're hoping for a touchdown finally uh let's talk about the offensive rookie of the year here ben mgm has released some of their odds what are we thinking here
3: Yeah, well, let's get to that in our last call after the break. I'm up against it. it By the way, I was run
0: out of time. (laughs) I keep talking. Back now on the Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew and Jay. It is last call, and Offensive Rookie of the Year odds are up now. Bet MGM, they've continued to be up here. I see a lot of rookie-wide receivers listed here, Jay. But what's your best bet?
3: I like Kenny Pickett. He's plus 1,400. He hasn't played a snap in the NFL yet, but I think there's probably about a 50% chance that he plays in the next month. And if he's good enough, I think that he's the favorite. I think there's a 20% chance he's good enough. So plus 900 would be my favorite. Usually
0: price. this is a rookie, uh, this is a quarterback or a running back thing, but we saw a lot of rookie wide receivers. Drake, Drake London, Garrett Wilson just goes to show you. Listen, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Happy hour back tomorrow. Peace out.